February 27th, 2023. You're listening to No Blast with Don and Kevin, and I am Kevin. And that makes me Don. And we're back once again. Here we are. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Uh, Donnie is on a cell phone because cell phone. we're trying to figure out like a best way to do the audio scenario here because we had been recording, I'd say like the first 80 episodes of the second season, which is when we started doing this new thing with Don and I, I just call it the second season. Right. Uh, and, um, we were using, uh, Google meet and, uh, but Donnie has a Chromebook and, uh, I don't know. It's probably like five years old or something. And no, that's half of it. (laughs) And they just stopped updating it. Right. So, one day it just stopped working with Google Meet. So like Chrome on his Chromebook <laughs> doesn't work with right. Google Meet. So um, we tried uh, Zoom, and that's what we were using on the last, like, say, seven, eight, seven episodes. Uh, but the problem with that is just that it's kind of expensive for something that we can get basically for free, <laughs> like we're doing right, right now. Uh, and then we tried using this other one that comes with our podcasting software. Um, that hosts our podcasts, and uh, that didn't work for Donnie either. So right now, Donnie's on his phone, and we're using Hello. a meet again. So he's going to have a little bit of uh, that wishy-washy noise in the background or something and um, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, maybe we'll Donnie will get a laptop at some point. You know, we'll steal one. What are you going to you know, do? We're going, we're going retro. We're going old school VGN. With yeah. This. yeah. Well, that would be like dial-up, like the old... Like you'd be on the regular, like the dial-up phone or something. Halfway through the show, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking, and then I'm just gonna hang up. Make sure you say, "Oh my god!" before that happens. Yeah, right. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then go. Do you hear about that Dilbert thing? That guy that does Dilbert, and I guess he went on like his. I, listen, I don't know anything. I don't read the paper, so I don't really read right. the Dilbert. I don't, I don't look at the Dilbert cartoon online. Honestly, right. I don't even follow like. I don't know anything when I read, about comic strips. So, okay, go ahead. Even when I read comic strips, I didn't read Dilbert. Yeah, well, I mean, I used to read it maybe back in like the late '90s, early 2000s, or whenever it was. But um, uh, like I couldn't tell you if any of those comic strips are still around. Like, is the Funky Winkle Bean still around? Like, I don't know. <laughs> no idea if that's still around. Who? Who's Beetle Bailey? Right, the, the, the these those ones like Family Circus and uh, they are the horrible like Marmaduke like Marmaduke was never funny like why did they keep putting the Marmaduke in there like Giant Dog like you know I mean you know maybe some people the Giant Dog has got to be kicked out of it I don't know but I mean maybe that the, the Marmaduke guy is really old and he's still doing the Marmaduke I don't know I have no idea he's passed it along to other Marmaduke drawers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, do they do that? Maybe they do that. Maybe they're like, I'm too old now. Now you draw Marmaduke. I mean, maybe. I think I think Charles Schultz did a little bit of that with Peanuts. Um, but maybe that was after he died. I don't know. Um, because I, I, I know they added some new, like, Peanut cartoons or something later on. And I don't think those were the same quality as the ones from, like, God, I don't even know when they made those, the 60s or the 70s or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, those old ones. Right. Um, they, they just did a movie a couple of years ago. Like right, right. Yeah. Peanuts. So it's, like, it's probably owned by, the, the Peanuts is probably owned by somebody or they license it out to them. You know what I mean? From, yeah, Peanuts, to, like, wouldn't, like, it's not, like, it's a great idea in the sense of it's a neighborhood of kids. There are no real parents. I mean, they're you know they're there, but they have no real voices. They're wah, 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 wah. Uh, you know, and and the animals are intelligent, uh, but mostly it's all this focus on on the kids. Just the problem is, is that it's um, the environment that those kids inhabit don't is, that doesn't really exist much today. You know, right. kids going outside and hanging out together in groups um, in the neighborhood. I mean, I never i mean no you know what i mean like it just you never see it uh, oh they are it's a lot worse now <laughs> well they're all on their phones and they're all i mean i i realize that when they get a little bit older when they're like you know 13 something then they're like maybe interested in skateboarding or you know boys anyway and yeah. um you know so they're going to be out or riding bikes maybe if they 
because that kind of got a bit of a thing, a boost from uh, what the heck's that Netflix show with the kids from the eighties? Was it Stranger Things? Yeah, Stranger Things. Yeah, and um, so maybe who knows? I don't know. But anyway, the Dilbert guy. So I guess he has a podcast, and I didn't listen to it, and I'm I'm I have no idea what he was referencing. Other than the fact that I guess he said something like black people are like a group that white people need to stay away from because they're bad or something. And and the oh. thing is, is that this is the way it's it's like written in the news articles. I've read like f- three different news articles about it. Well, I was taking a poop. And <laughs> and uh, I know we all know we all out there know that he wasn't suddenly very likely because I haven't listened to it. He didn't suddenly uh start um talking about white supremacy on his podcast right i mean come on like we we know he he, he probably wasn't doing it but he he probably was talking about something uh like maybe like the black lives matter group or something you know and he was saying like he he and he referenced it wrong and and i'm not excusing it uh, don't get me wrong and but what he said right. was was you know and that's the problem when I have when I read any of these media things like any of these news things, regardless of what anybody says, unless I go to the source and watch it myself or listen to it myself, I can't trust what anybody is saying because they're not telling me the context of what was being said. And I'm not saying right. that makes it better or worse. It's just that you know, I, it, it's important. Yeah, I mean, it's like I need right. I need to know. A little bit more about the angle before, like everybody just gangs up on the guy and, and uh, necessarily destroys his life. And I, I think that's true of anybody when they say anything anymore, um, unless it's right. you know you hear it from their own lips. It's it's hard to know what what to believe when when people are quoting people because they just quote like you know a sentence or, or five words right. or something, and you're like, well, was there more to it? Was he did he have a point he was making? Because what was his point? Was he was he just saying that again and again? I didn't listen to it, so maybe he was being totally racist. But what I'm saying is, is maybe he was just saying, you know, white people, you know, um, were in a situation, and then, you you know, and they had to get out of it. I don't know. I just don't know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't trust, I don't think anybody can, the the media, to be giving you the whole information. So, But then at the same time, I'm not going to go subscribe to the guy's podcast. That's too much work. Like. (laughs) No, I don't know yeah, what it's no. called. I mean, it's probably called Dilbert or something, right? I don't know. Talk time <laughs> with Dilbert, Dilbert or something. And then I'd yeah. have to subscribe to it. And then I'd have to try to find the episode, probably one of the more recent ones. I'm sure if I yeah. listen to the most recent one, there'd be like some, I'm sorry, everybody, for what I said. Yeah. or so, Like, you'd probably have to listen to the one before that if it wasn't edited or changed. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's probably down anyway. It's probably like, those, we we don't support that here on our podcast servers so we've canceled the dilbert show on the thing it's like oh my god man you know like people just they're just looking for a target everybody's just looking for a a a target to just attack you know it's just like a mob go ahead and i was gonna say it's people are always looking for like you said people are always looking for something to attack and the and the and the thing is is nobody does the research nobody's researching anything they're just they'll read a headline Right, but you that's know, what Dilbert I'm saying. Creator. Exactly. Yeah, they're just like Dilbert Creator is a racist. Right. They can just go. You know what? I don't need to read there. He's racist. Yep. And it's just like, whoa, wait yeah. a minute. Like, how do you know? And then, like, like what you were saying with the with the like with the context of what they were saying. I mean, the guy could have been like, "Hey, listen, uh, Black Lives Matter is a group that white people don't want to mess with." You know what I mean, or something like that. Right. And then somebody goes, "He says black people are a group that white people should." <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. Like, no, yeah. it's not what he's saying. Like, you, it, granted. Granted, I can understand even the way I said it. Some people might be like, hey, that's a little touchy because people are touchy nowadays. But it's not as bad as what they're saying. You know what I mean? As, as what they're making it out to be. Right. And, and right. that's what they do that a lot. Yeah, well, exactly. And this way, again, people, we didn't listen to it. We don't know. So don't think, you know, don't point out to us that you're dead wrong. I don't know. About about it. Say, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know. But, you know, um, I was talking to one of our listeners, longtime listener, um, who uh, identifies as a, as a black person. He's white, but he identifies as black. No, he's not. He's, he's black. And um, uh, <laughs> he's Asian. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, he was he was talking to me about my one comment about the fact that like you know when we when we were talking about race before, where um, you know uh, saying somebody's red skinned or yellow skinned is a slur, but saying somebody's black is okay, right? And and it's yeah. become like an acceptable thing. And you know the funny thing is about that is is that like and 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 I think we should get away from colors, right? I think that pointing out you know these groups as colors, black people, white people, creates this division. Right. We're all we should all be one people. And I know that that's like a flowery (laughs) piece of love run through a field. Yes. Right. I know that that's not. But I think you have to like you have to start somewhere like Morgan Freeman, you know, says, you know, if you want to, you know, um, get rid of the, the race problem, you stop talking about it. Like you stop talking about race. You obviously what he means by that is you obviously point out injustices and fix those injustices. But right. the rest of the time, you're one people. You stop looking for that for that separation and saying, like, you're this and you're that, you know? I mean, take, take the N-word, all right? The N-word is based on Negro, right? And that goes back to the Latin, which is like... Uh, it's a long time since I've looked at this. Tread it's, lightly, Barry. No, no, no. It's 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 it's, it's very similar. It's like <laughs> ne- neg negger negra something like that, and ne- and um and but anyway, what that means is is black. It's the color black, and it was simply, you know, a, sort of a fancy way, I suppose, of identifying. Um, persons of uh, African descent at that t- point as um, mm-hmm. uh, black people. And right. uh, the N-word just was an evolution, I would guess, or a de-evolution, I suppose, of the, uh, you know, and the slang of the taking slang, yeah. of that of that word. But in the end, but, but the ultimate end of it is, is that they're just saying you're identifying you know, in their head, if you go back to like the the slavery days, right? They're identifying them as as black people. And they were using it as a slur. It's a different language, you know. They, you know, and they they weren't saying it right, but but in their heads, you know, they were identifying them as this group being being black. And you know, and and that's a you know a, a denigrating word that uh, obviously has a lot of you know pain and everything we don't even talk about it you know what i mean like you don't even say the word because it it um can cause all kinds of problems except in rap videos and shit but whatever and um but my point being is that you know uh there's there's like there's that that causality of identification is like this this weird thing where you know it's become acceptable and and i really think that people should push back on that you know like they you look at the emojis right you know, on the, on the thing. And now you can choose the color of the, of the emoji physical feature ones, right? The hands or the, or the, the faces, right? And they give you, and they they don't just give you a white and black, right? There's basically yellow and black, like we're yellow. Um, They give you like five different colors, right? Like they, they, yeah. Or okay. Shades Um, darkening, darkening the yellow. And so they're creating even a division there because they're basically saying like, you know, um, you're either really black or you're just kind of brown or maybe you're like a lighter brown or maybe you're kind of white, but you're not quite white or you're really white like Don and I. Um, and you're one of those. And that's maybe how you should identify yourself. Maybe you're not really black. Maybe you're kind of like just like, a, you know. A, a light tan or something like, like, like again, Yellow. you're creating this like division among like, you know, all of these, um, with, with this kind of stuff. Like, like, does anybody care about the yellow? I mean, white people don't identify as the yellow. When did yellow become like the, uh, the, the white people color? Like it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Simpsons. I mean, obviously like the Simpsons are probably modeled after a, um, a white family. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody would really argue that too much, but I mean, it's also like uh, almost ethnically 
could be anybody though really i mean it's just that they're they don't have the the um the cultural references i suppose of of a different culture at all in what they're doing but i mean you could take the simpsons and you could darken it to a to a darker shade and i don't think it would make much difference you know what i mean but they're but it, it it's a it, it it just creates division. It just creates like this separation uh, among people. And I and I really think that in society, if we're ever going to get over it, you have to just like stop looking at people as you know um, uh, different. And if you identify these differences, it's you know like we went to school, you know everything, et cetera, and. Um, you know, we had some ethnicities in our school and, and, and not a lot though. I mean, to be honest, like our high school was, geez, man, it must've been like 95% white at least. Um, well, we I, had a strong contingent of Middle Eastern type people. We did have some Middle Eastern people, right. And we had, um, but we had, you know, we had a select individuals but here and there. There's an Indian, you know, there's a, um, yeah. a, a couple of black people over here. There's, you know, um. But I mean, for the most part, though, like if you were ever uh, like in a room or or whatever with um, uh, any groups of races, you generally wouldn't notice, I suppose, except when black people were were there, because it's like, and it, this isn't fault of anything, except that the media. And the things that you grow up in identifies them as being different. Like it's all the time, like, you know, constantly pointed out to you so that you, you create this kind of like functional thing in your head where you see them as different. You're seeing them like, well, well, they're different because they're black and they're into their own thing. And they only like to hang out with the people that they like and all this kind of stuff, which isn't true, you know, but it becomes like this, you, you, you've been to places, parties, whatever, et cetera, with, with people where people that are white that don't know how to, um, or don't, let me say it this way, don't know, don't hang out with a lot of black people, right? right. So that when a black person that's friendly, that's our friend or something, um, is, is hanging out or something, they might say, that other person might not say things that are racist, but may say things that are awkward because right. they're not used and, and they're, and you can tell that they're identifying right off the bat that, Oh, there's a black guy here now. So now I got to act a certain way or say something a certain way. And I think everybody listening knows what I'm talking about. And, and, uh, and, and that's kind of what I mean, because if it would have been one of those um, middle Eastern guys coming in, you know what I mean? You don't, what are you going to, you don't, it doesn't register in the same way in your head. Now, maybe after like, right, right, right after 9-11 or something, because <laughs> you know, right. it was all over the news or something. But I'm saying like in right. general, like the, that, 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 um, that separation causes the, the, this conflict and the media really likes to stir that up and really likes to stir the pot. And, and unfortunately, like leaders also like to create those divisions because political leaders like the, the, to take these groups and, you know, try and use them against each other. So if they can identify a group and then kind of, you know, um, uh, solicit that group um, for votes or, or, you know, et cetera, through policy and all this sort of stuff, that they become like, you know, uh, um, you know, some, some sort of a, a, a cultural thing. But really, it, 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 it's interesting because it really seems to center around black people. Right. And, uh, very le a lot less when it comes to Hispanics, um, and, uh, and, and a lot of other minorities in this country and, you know, and, and really the, uh, white people are diminishing in, in, um, uh, overall numbers in the United States year on year. And, uh, the minorities are, are growing. Uh, no one particular minority group is going to dominate. It looks like, I mean, it looks like the Hispanics, you know, will probably become, uh, based on everything we're seeing so far, will probably become the dominant um, race in the United States at some point, simply because of our geographical location and everybody coming over the border, et cetera, um, for immigration reasons, uh, tends to 
to grow our population this way. Um, and, uh, but it's also possible just because of like the way immigration works and everything that we could be dominated by, uh, Indians, not American mm-hmm. Indians, but you know, Indian people, because there's just so many of them. They're going to be the, they're going, their country is going to be the most populist, um, populous instead of China very soon, um, because China's population is actually shrinking, uh, right. and India's population continues to grow. And, uh, you know, and they will, you know, if they continue to immigrate over to the United States, um, they may become the more dominant one, but you and I'll be dead before that happens. I mean, yeah. white people are going to stay, um, uh, dominant for a while longer yet, but, it, but they continue to shrink and, and the, their numbers continue to go down. But I think if, if the United States is going to work as a, as a, you know, as the country that it is, and that it has been, it really has to find a way to um, stop creating this separation uh, among all cultures and find a way for us to become one people. And, and I know, I know that's hard, but it's like, you know, so I'm, I'm saying like, you know, when the Dilbert guy is sitting there saying, and again, I didn't hear what he said, but based on the references, when he's sitting there saying, you know, black people is this group that white people need to stay away from paraphrasing. Um, that's the opposite of what I'm saying. What, I, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, uh, I, I don't think black pe- or white people need to approach black people and be like, show me what you got. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think that's what I, you, you, you want to do. I, but I think that like when you have differences in culture, you need to be acceptant of people, you know, um, wanting to learn about your culture and being part of it, not, not attack them for like appropriation, not like, um, uh, wanting them to, to not be a part of your culture. And I, I understand that there are, um, uh, resentment in a lot of, with a lot of people over certain things, you know, historical things, of course, but I mean, what are you going to do? We, if you go back far enough, everybody's guilty of something, you know, race wise. Right. But, um, I think that, uh, you know, there, there are obviously still ongoing, uh, racial issues, especially when it comes to when you look at the cops versus um, minority groups in general, uh, you know, that's an ongoing thing. But I think that, you know, if you want to get to a point where everybody's accepted for who they are, then you have to basically get to a point where everybody accepts everybody for who they are. And the only way they're going to do that is if you don't create the division, but you actually create it so people are welcome and they, and, and they um, are able to, uh, um, learn about your culture and, and everything. Like people could come to your place, Donnie, and you could fasten them a kilt and uh, play the uh, bagpipes for them and tell them all about Scotland. No, I was, you know, funny. You know yeah, yep. I'll fight you. Um, but no, I mean, really, you know, it's, it's a thing. There was a really good, there was a really good story that was written. Uh, it, was, it was called the wave. And, uh, and, and they did some thought experiments with this too. Uh, but they basically, with the kids, like with the, the kids in the thought experiment, you can find it online, I think, but like a teacher was teaching kids and she was pointing out that, um, kids with, I think it was kids with brown eyes were smarter than kids with blue eyes or green eyes. And she said, you know, and she was just saying that that's just how it is. That's, that's the fact, et cetera. And, you know, and so the teacher then would do things, you know, during the day, or I think it was just like a one day thing or whatever, where like, you know, she would teach the, the brown eyes in, in like a, a corner, you know, doing fun things. And then she would teach like the blue eyed kids and, and something a little bit different over on the side. And then, um, at recess time, some of the kids were teasing the other kids being like, you're a brown eye or you're a blue eye and stuff like that. And the brown eyes would stay together and the blue eyes would, would be on the other side. And that was all, you know, that happened organically because of that, that separation. They, they never felt they were included anymore because that division was created for them. And then of course, after recess, the teacher said, I made a mistake and switched it up and said, actually the blue eyes are the smart people and the brown eyes aren't kind of thing, which you know, at that point, I think the kids were probably catching on. Um, but uh, there's a very good um, uh, um, story, too, about it called The Wave. I think there was a movie about it, too. Not the big wave that comes in and kills everybody. It's like a, it's like a movement 
thing that happens in a school. I don't know if it's a high school or a university. And it's similar about how, like, you get this, you can create th- this um, uh, division between in in and out. But anyway, I'm going to keep going on about it. I've gone on about this enough in previous discussions. But I just thought since the Dilbert guy brought this thing up, I just, it's one more example of the fact that, you know, <coughs> people are, People are um, identifying groups by color, identifying groups by um, ultimately, uh, you know, the media uh, descriptors of, 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 a, of a culture or an ethnicity. And then ultimately, you know, saying things about them that he probably has no real world experience in. The guy writes comics all day, you know, he's probably not out doing anything with anybody who doesn't know anything. Um, I mean, I don't know. Again, I ain't listening to his podcast, but uh, certainly not now. But, uh, you know, it, it just, he probably picks it all up from the media and shot his mouth off, and now he's got to pay the pay the price, you know, taking the Dilbert comic out of all the newspapers and everything. Well, or it's just another classic example of nowadays. I don't know why I say classic nowadays, but <laughs> it's an example of how nowadays everybody feels their opinions it means something and it's so important because you have free speech you have to be able to say it. yeah so that, and i'm only putting that out there in case he like is guilty of doing something no, all right, i don't yeah. know what he did i don't know what he said but right. that's and that's the thing is like why it's like if you think about it if, if you're if you're a say like a racist okay yeah. and you hate uh african americans sure okay <clears throat> it's like what do you what 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 other than proclaiming your hatred for whatever reason, what do you get out of doing that? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like by going out there and being like, Oh, no, everybody should be separated. That's it's not going to happen. Well, I know it's not going to happen. You know, it's no, there's, there's no, you know, what are you going to do? Divide the country in half and be like, okay, so African-Americans can live over here and the white people can live over here. And then the Asians can live over here. And you know what I mean? It's like, you can't, well, it sounds like a lot of the, it's, I get what you're saying, and it, but it sounds like a lot of the white supremacists believe uh, that there's going to be a race war. That's been going on since the 60s. I mean, Manson tried to tried to spark it off, I suppose, with uh, his whole helter-skelter thing. Um, that's been going on forever. Uh, and uh, that's ridiculous, first of all, because, I mean, black people only amount to, like, 16% or 17% of the population? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're down in numbers already to begin with. Like, what are you going to do? Like, it's just silly. People are looking the wrong way. You got to be looking at the Latinos. <laughs> and, and, the, and, and the second thing is, is like, that's, that's in nobody's interest. You know what I mean? But, but white people seem to, white supremacists seem to think that black people are going to get uh, organized and then go on killing uh, spree of white people to eliminate them from the country. Um, and I mean, it's just like, it, it goes against that. That idea goes against everything that I think black people are trying to fight for. Right. Which is that, well, not every black person or anything, but I guess the black movement or whatever you want to call it. Cause it's all different. I don't want, I don't want to identify it with just one, like a whole group like that. Uh, but anyway, it, it goes against everything that everybody's been trying to do all this time, which is, you know, create a, a sense of equality. And and if you're going to a point where it's like, you know, you want to uh, eliminate uh, any other group, right? That's not that's not equality. That's just, well, murder, but... It's just, you know, you're you're basically saying, like, you, you can't find that equality, so you're just going to eradicate uh, another race. And I just don't think that'll happen. I don't think, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not like, it's just like white people. It's like, we're not organized. You know what I mean? There's no, we don't go to the white people meeting. There's, there's, there's no fucking, you know, phone call coming from the president being like, all right, you're white people, this is the day we're going to do this. Like everybody is a separate thing, you know? So it's like, there's no movement because there's no, there's, there's no organization every day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's it's ridiculous. It'll never ever happen. But these guys become obsessed with this fantasy that it will happen because you know. And I think it, you know, it, it, it a lot of it with white supremacist people too is the fact that like they get to a point where it's just like with politics where you know that guy that hates the president because whatever whoever the president is it doesn't matter right. which president any president you know but there's always that guy that hates the president because all their problems are caused by the president you know the, you, right. you know and and uh and, and and you and I have talked about this before it's like the the president has like really very little impact on our day-to-day <laughs> lives you know but year after year price. after yeah. year yeah there's there's some there's some nudges here and there right prices and and um masks or something i don't know that i guess yeah, yeah, not i mean yeah. i don't know this is trump trump introduced the masks his administration um whatever but uh the thing is is that like these these things are all really minor versus like you know your local mayor is gonna you know put a put a freaking cell tower in front of your house you know <laughs> like that's you know way more impactful than in but these people become obsessed and think that the president is responsible for every bad thing that has either happened or going to happen etc and i think the white supremacists do the same thing but they target you know um ethnic you know ethnic culture maybe black people or whatever they're at you know whatever their target is and uh, and blame everything on them you know the jews you know remember when they they would be i mean look at the nazi germany right they were always like you know the jews caused this and that and they did all these things etc and uh it's it's demonizing and then there's people that just follow along with that and say like all these problems that we're having with our marriage it's jews <laughs> you know right, right. and the, the wife's like i don't think that's it i think it's your drinking and womanizing it's like that's no. it's the jews no, that caused it yeah, they sold us the the liquor that caused me to. I normally wouldn't have if I had bought regular Steins of beer from a German. I don't know. You no, know, I love my wife, but I wouldn't have cheated on her if those Chinese people didn't move. <laughs> right, right. And but I mean that's how people's mentality works, man. And it's it's uh, it's 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 screwed up. But anyway, I didn't anything, I, take up anything to get an easy excuse out of something. And then, real quick, I. I remember when you brought this. I didn't know we were you were talking about this because you didn't tell me we were talking about today. Right. We didn't even really know if I was going to get on. Or not. Right. But uh, when you started talking about it, it reminded me of a time like in fifth grade. I want to say like I was in elementary school or something like that, and my teacher was like they were doing like a geography or whatever, and she was like, "How many races of people are on the planet?" And you could see all the kids in the class are all like. You know, you hear one kid go like four, seven, uh, ten, and I, I raise my hand. I go one, and everybody stopped and looked at me. And she's like one, and I go yeah. She goes, what race is that? And I go, the human race. And she just went like, oh, look at this little fifth grader just like showed me like I'm like you're trying to separate every. I'm like looking at her like you're separating everybody, kind of like what you're saying is like people want to separate it into all the colors and the groups and the nationalities and where they're from and stuff. And it's like, people have to realize just because it's like this race, that race, this race, this race. No, 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 no. Like I said, two weeks ago or a week or whatever it was, uh, the only thing that's going to bring this planet together is an alien invasion. So we have to do like a Spider-Man, uh, far from far from home thing with Mysterio where he like creates the illusion of an aliens invading. And everybody would just be like, it's cool, man. We're all together, but it's just—I just thought I'd be yeah, yeah, yeah. fifth grade by saying there was only one race, the human race, right? And 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 again, that is exactly what we should be striving to do. People should be trying to think to to not look at people as as a color. And uh, you know, it's funny because Noble uh, Cain, uh, I call him Noble because that was his um, uh, his uh, forum name. Uh, as a black guy, and uh, when we would sometimes uh, talk briefly about something, uh, usually at the bar table, somebody would mention something. I don't think it was usually me. Um, usually me uh, talking about you know him being black, and he's like he would always be like, uh, um, he's like, yeah, but I'm mostly Irish, <laughs> right? Which which he, he probably is, you know what I mean? But he's you know his, his skin color is black. And and I mean no nobody that's racist is going to look at that guy and and think that he's Irish you know what I mean but right. I, I think that's but I think that's the the reality of the situation is that if we could get past that color thing and 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 just treat people like who they are for you know you know who they are he, he's 
you know, you, you might look at him one day in the future and, and not see color and just see the fact that the guy is, he's Irish. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's, it, it's just how we have to get there as a culture. And I, and I actually think other countries are, are getting, not every country, but I think a lot of countries are getting better at that kind of integration than the United States is. There's certainly countries that are a lot worse than us um, uh, because they just don't have the kind of immigration and uh, diversity that the United States has. But I think that, you know, there are there are some countries, especially in Europe uh, and um, uh, where, uh, you know, it, a lot of times this uh, it, this isn't the – much of a thing at this point. <laughs> they got other things to worry about, you know. The racism thing doesn't really doesn't really um, come into play. Some places it does. Still a lot of you know, still a lot of racism in some in some countries. But I think in other places, like they're working it out a lot better than we are. We seem we we seem to unfortunately be very much uh, impacted by the politicalness of everything in this country. And unfortunately, as long as you can create separations between groups. Uh, they can be used as political pawns and uh, make it so that, you know, nothing gets done uh, in this country, which is often, I think, what the goal is most of the time for politicians in general. But anyway, let's move on. I wanted to talk a little bit about AI, and we missed it once before. And I just wanted to talk briefly about it because, um, you know, artificial intelligence has been in the news a little bit lately. There's this thing called CGNAT which is this search engine that's also built into Bing now, although you have to apply for it, and then Bing will give you access to it at some point. But it's uh, artificial intelligence that you can um, ask it real-world questions, and it will give you real-world answers. So kind of like it's being built into Bing as being like a search engine thing, but it can also do things for you. You can you know have it write you a story. You can actually have it string together programming code but uh, uh, to some high degree of limitation on that. Um, you can have it write music and, and do a bunch of different things. And it's, uh, it's, it's where we're kind of going with artificial intelligence. And it's, it's really interesting and it's, it's going to continue to be built out. We keep seeing this, um, growth of artificial intelligence. Although I will say that a lot of this artificial intelligence is, is based on sophisticated pattern matching. So rather than it really sort of thinking, like we would think of like, you know, a, a sentient being thinking, it's doing some different kind of, you know, memory fetching and piecing things together through, you know, patterns. And it's more sophisticated than I'm simplifying it. But, you know, this is, I don't want people get a little bit worried sometimes when you talk about artificial intelligence because they think that it's going to lead to um, things uh, taking over, etc. And, and really, you know, we're, there's like a paradigm shift between one and the other that has to take place because this pattern matching thing is very powerful and it's very, very cool, but it's also very much prone to error um, because like the looser you make the restrictions on it, um, it might be more creative, but it'll make a lot more mistakes. And the tighter you make it, it will make less mistakes, but be a lot less creative. And that's kind of this balance that makes it so, you know, the engineers and everything continue to work on it. And they might eventually crack it where it's going to be able to actually think about things in a way that um, it will learn um, not just based on patterns, but mm, as human beings, we have emotion tied into things and, and you kind of learn a little bit about what's right and wrong based on feeling. And it, it may eventually get to something like that. I'm not saying it's going to be able to, to get it perfectly in there, but it's um, at some point, but anyway, that's not what I want to get into. What I want to get into about it though, is like, you know, um, military machines and using artificial intelligence as weapon as weapon systems in combat and a long time ago eric wolpa and i went we were at e3 and uh, we went and saw one of these um, game developers who were uh working on a on a a new game it was kind of like a top-down 
um, shooter game. And they were explaining to us, you know, they were showing us the game uh, and, and explaining to us that they had to, um, uh, get rid of the AI, the artificial intelligence they had written for the game and, and use, um, some predefined patterns about where they wanted the characters to kind of move to and shoot and all this kind of stuff, you know, just like a regular video game, basically, you know, it's all predefined. Um, and, uh, you know, Eric asked them and said, well, why did you get rid of, why did you get rid of the artificial intelligence aspect of this? And they basically said, well, I mean, the problem was, is that it would, the artificial intelligence was too good and it would like come up with these very complex like ways of shooting at you that you wouldn't even be able to see on the other side of the game board. You know, it would come up with these unusual angles and be able to like figure out, you know, one pixel, uh, you know, a way that to be able to shoot at you that you, you just wouldn't be able to like logically compute as a person. And so they had to like get rid of it. And Elon Musk also said, you know, about, um, Boston Dynamics and their dancing robots and everything. He's like, those machines are going to be like, like they're going to be like running at like a hundred miles an hour and like kill you in like seconds, basically because they're the artificial intelligence will get that good and the machines will be that fast, right? So like when you watch movies like Terminator or whatever and you see them like fighting back against the robots and stuff and the and the robots are missing <laughs> the humans, right? It's really not what's going to end up happening. I mean, the machines are going to get to a point where they're able to calculate where you are and be able to hit you, you know, based on those predictions. And you're going to, your odds of your success of, you know, are going to be very, very low uh, in order to even like try to stay alive. And, and so like, you know, a machine will just like, you know, run up on you and like kill you in two seconds. Like the, the, the kid in Terminator two would have been killed by the liquid robot man in like five seconds, yeah. whether Arnold Schwarzenegger was there or not, you know, because it's just, he could have just like tossed a, a bullet size body part, ricocheted off something and shot the kid right in the head or something like it. Right. It's, it, but we don't like to think of things being smarter than us. So we don't, it wouldn't make for a good movie, of course. And, and, uh, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be all that, wouldn't be that all that exciting. Uh, <laughs> it'd be like movies over <laughs> five yeah. minutes in John Connor is dead. The robots yeah. win. Do, 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 that kid right there. I need to save that kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Right. It would be, it would be done, but yeah. So, you know, the, 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 uh, it's going to be interesting because, you know, we have all these drones and everything and, 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 uh, you know, combat, uh, around the world. Like, uh, Alexa recently sent me, our friend in uh, Serbia recently sent me an article about, uh, the, um, one of these companies in the United States, I forget their name, had recently, um, taken F-15 fighters and put, uh, artificial intelligence in them and made them so that they could fly those things by them, you know purely by artificial intelligence and, and did a test run with them, et cetera, which is interesting, but also very much pointless since we have a bunch of drones that are essentially doing the same thing now, right? We have right. Uh, no need to actually use an old weapons platform like fighting fighter craft like that because it, it has no, it has no use. And, and when we went in on, on Iraq, uh, uh, we had aircraft carriers out in the sea and uh, for the most part, the fighters um, weren't called to do very much in that conflict because there weren't no dog fights to go on. They're not really bombers. They can fly in and drop a bomb here and there, but they're not really bombers, right? We've got high altitude bombers. We've got the stealth bomber. We've got bombers. Um, fighter craft is designed to fight other jet aircraft. And it's just, We've, we've kind of turned things to the point now where most jet aircraft isn't really worthwhile. Uh, Russia lost half their air force already in the war in the Ukraine against a country that is, you know, uh, not small. Yeah. Small in the sense of, um, resources. It was getting stuff from NATO, but you know, the, the fact is, is that just air power, um, is has a real hard time against missiles basically off the ground. I mean, you know, it's, it's been like that since the Russians knocked our V two out of the air with a missile, uh, during the cold war and, and a lot of fighting fighter craft 
uh, doesn't make a lot of sense anymore because it's like drones are it, and only and drones only manage to be practical, I think, because they're smaller most of the time. There's some big ones too, but the small ones don't really get picked up by radar very well because I mean they kind of look like a bird or something. You know, they got to be pretty close. That's why Russia had some relative success there for a while with these really cheap almost like lawnmower engine planes that they were attacking the Ukraine with that they got from Iran, supposedly, um, because like they're small enough um, and, you know, that the, they're very hard to target uh, with these systems because these systems are looking for, you know, a bigger radar reflection of something that's, you know, of a larger size and then something that's smaller, uh, like a flying bomb, uh, not as much, but they do work. Eventually, I mean, they, if you get close enough, they, you know, and they get lock on, but then, and, and if they continue to improve these systems, I mean, it wouldn't want to be a bird flying around the Ukraine. Right? <laughs> you might get misidentified. Right. And, <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, I think though, with the artificial intelligence thing, these, um, these drones that are flying in the sky are going to be able to like target things much, much better and be able to like eliminate targets to a point where, hell man, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know. War is going to be interesting in, in the future because it might just be machines fighting machines, you know. But I think that I don't know who else can afford to to fight the war of the future. Like it's it's like the United States. I don't know if China will ever get there. I have a feeling like China might erupt into like a civil war at some point, simply because like it's it's mismanaged so badly. That the people, I don't know if the people will necessarily revolt, or but something's going to happen at some point because it's the corruption there is is too large. But um, Russia's not going to do it, I, you know what I mean? So I mean, I don't know who's going to fight the war of the future. I mean, no country on earth can really fight against us. I mean, we've just you know we've shown that Russia's a paper tiger. Yeah, they got nukes, right? They can destroy us with their nukes, maybe if they work. Um, and, uh, and we can turn their country into a parking lot, right? Same with North Korea. They can nuke a few of our, our cities maybe, um, and we can just level their entire country to the ground. Um, there's really nobody else. I mean, China doesn't really have much of a blue water Navy. Their, their entire nuclear arsenal is not that large. And, and mainly it's in their doctrine that they would never use them as a first strike weapon. Uh, unlike say Russia always threatening with theirs. Um, and, uh, there's nothing vested in them, uh, to attack the United States and they wouldn't gain anything from it. You know, I, I think that our weapons platforms and our systems are so freaking advanced, uh, thanks to capitalism that, um, we, uh, will, um, decimate anybody that, that goes against us. So I just don't know. I don't know what it's all for. <laughs> you know, I don't know what we have a lot of it, a lot of it for like, you know, I talk about at times we have, uh, I think we have 12 air, aircraft carrier battle groups. Now I'd have to look it up because sometimes I take some out to re refit them, etc. But I know we added, um, a, a, uh, uh, a battle group for, um, South America. So there's an aircraft carrier that's uh, designed to patrol the waters in South America, basically. Um, why? <laughs> like, 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 what force in South America is um, uh, a threat to the interests of the United States? I mean, I guess we have some minor concerns about Venezuela at times and potentially, um, you know them being friendly with China or Russia and bringing over arms into that country. And, and so we maybe want to have a posture of, so to speak, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Much about, I don't think it's much about Venezuela or whoever's down that way. I think it's more probably just global positioning. It would be, you know what I mean? Like just placing aircraft carriers around the world that way you have easy access to any point. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's generally the idea is that you want to be able to deliver your your uh, weapons platform uh, within a relatively short period of time. But I just don't see. I don't know. It just I mean, I, unless you're saying unless you're saying there's only one aircraft carrier and it's by Venezuela. 
<laughs> yeah, well, no, I believe those things always go out in a battle group of some sort because an aircraft carrier on its own is a is somewhat vulnerable. Um, so you have to have you know missile ships and uh, submarines of some sort to interdict other vessels and keep. And there's also a lot of spy. There's also like a lot of spy craft. You know, there's signals intelligence and things that try to to get close to these ships. And so you actually need, I mean, a lot of times what submarines actually do is they um, move those other ships away, you know, when they get too close. Because, you know, if you're in a ship and a big-ass submarine comes rising out of the water next to you, you're kind of getting out. You're kind of going somewhere else. I mean, there's kind of a lot of that. Um, But, but, you know, we also have different types of, they don't really call them destroyers anymore. You know, they got these other names for them, but they're similar um, that, you know, keeping apparatuses. Yeah. Keep, keep other ships and things away. I just, yeah. I just think though that, uh, like boats, I don't know. I think planes and missiles, uh, make boats pretty much obsolete. We do have them for some things like, you know, landing people so they, they can invade and, um, spy missions and things like that. Uh, and also, you know, having intelligence aircraft spy on other countries, you got to have a place to take off and land. So you do that on the aircraft carrier, et cetera. But I think that, um, I don't know. I just think that a lot of it is probably just a lot of money being burned on things. Like we invented these littoral, they're, they're called littoral aircraft or, or littoral ships. And the, the idea was that they could operate in shallower waters. So they um, uh, got permission to build a bunch of these things, billions of dollars to make these um, littoral combat ships. They kind of look like futuristic destroyers, actually, but they're, they, I guess they have a low you know, berth or something, so they're not so shallow or something, whatever the heck it is. And, uh, and then we just ended up canceling the program. We were just kind of like, well, we, don't, we don't really have a purpose in this. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. but it's like billions of dollars just just made because I think the, the military industrial complex is is a problem in the United States because uh, what a long time ago, what all of these um, weapons manufacturers did is they spread all their manufacturing out all over the country so that, you know, if you're building like a tank, you don't build it all in like, say, you know, Mississippi somewhere. You know, you're putting the tank treads are built here, the wheels are built there, the gun barrels built over here. The you know, the, the, this part's there, the smoke grenades there. The, all these different parts are all built. You know, thousands of parts are built all over all over the country. So then, what happens is, is that when you go into Congress and you say, "Hey, we'd like to sell some more tanks or something," right? Um, all of the representatives that have you know. Uh, employees are all of these different um, places all around the country become the majority of voters. And they're like, yeah, we want to keep our people employed. We want to keep our people happy. So we're going to vote for it. And we're going to pass this in order to, you know, uh, uh, make this, um, uh, you know, beneficial to us. But ultimately we end up building a whole bunch of extra equipment that we don't necessarily need. I mean, I think part of this like uh, war in the Ukraine um, and providing them uh, the weapons and the gear is like a gift that we're giving to the arms manufacturers because, you know, we might be giving them old equipment. We might be like, here's some old Abrams tanks. Here's some old missile systems. Here's some old Humvees we don't use anymore, um, which is all surplus. But that then frees up that stuff to put in new stuff in the United States, right? So on one hand... The arms manufacturers get to sell new ammunition to the Ukrainians for their war and as well as beef up uh, Europe and the, the weapons that they you need to buy in order to, you know, either build up their borders because they're paranoid or, you know, the ones that they've given away to the Ukrainians replace those as well if they don't have their own home homemade weapons. And, and then at the same time, build up the United States arsenal uh, further. So, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's good in some ways because, you know, in the sense of it's American jobs, a lot of these weapon systems are made in the United States. A lot of people get to work. A lot of people, you know, uh, uh, 
um, get some benefits out of that, etc. High-paying jobs usually, um, and all of that's good. It's just I wish that we lived in a world. Here's here's me again running through the fields of uh, a perfect world uh, beliefs, but I wish that we did more humanitarian things with this money. Like like I'm I'm all for like employing people and 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 around the country and, and building things, etc. But it would be better, you know, if we were. Um, building things to help with disasters, you know, like that train derailment that just happened, et cetera. Instead of having a bunch of people just going over there with bottles of water and, um, being, you know, uh, like, Oh, it sounds like a problem. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it would be better if we had, you know, more containment and, and things that could help with all kinds of disasters like this. Um, and, um, had the, the technology and the resources and the funding and things to go in and help not just our country, but other countries around the world, if they want it, uh, you know, to assist. And, and I think that that would be, um, a better way to, to spend money than to build ships like the littoral ships and then just ultimately cancel them, uh, because you don't actually have a freaking use for them. It's, that's kind of, there's a good documentary. It's kind of a comedy on HBO about when they built the, um, the, the Bradley, um, that uh, half troop carrier, half tank thing um, that they used a lot of in um, Iraq. And they also, I think Dave Bates was actually a commander of one um, when he was in the service. And um, uh, it's a friend of ours. And they, they're giving them as well to the Ukrainians now. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a movie that, or, yeah, it's, like a, it's a movie that's just about, the um the fact that there's so many people with their fingers in the in the in the batter or whatever that they make it so uh the thing just gets built you know to to ridiculous specs because like the Bradley was supposed to just be a troop carrier some guy drives there's a bunch of troops in the back you know and then they ultimately had people come in and they were just like well what if we put like a gun on it you know, like, what if we put a cannon on the front of it? It's like, well, it's not a tank, you know, it's a troop carrier. Yeah, but, but what if we put a cannon on it? And then it's like, well, we could put a cannon on it, but it's going to carry less troops. It's only going to be able to carry like, you know, six guys instead of, instead of 10 guys or something. And they're like, yeah, well, why don't we do that? And then when they built that, then somebody else was like, well, you know, if they see that it's got a cannon on it, they might shoot at it. And then they're like, all right, so let's put missiles on it. That way it can take out a tank. And like it's all it's a whole to do back and forth, and the and the it's a comedy in a way, but it's true, and 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 it's it makes this vehicle like really ridiculous. Like the Bradley's is like kind of a ridiculous vehicle because it doesn't really hold enough troops to be a real troop carrier, and it's not thick and armored enough to be like a like an actual tank. It's just kind of this weird hybrid thing that we built because our expenditure situation with the military and, and what we do because of what I just described, um, where, you know, when we approve things for the military, all these people around the country get employed, uh, creates these kind of abominations. And, th- and that's why our military is so big. All right. Anyway, I got veered off course with the AI thing, but I just wanted to cover that one, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, in the future, we're, we're, we'll talk about something else, but I had to, cu- I had to get that one, had to get that one in. Um, it'd, be funny if, it'd be funny if they'd be like, oh my God, here comes that new American troop transport. Look at all the guns and missiles on it. And then it pulls up and one guy just gets out. Like, That's <laughs> all the room we had. Just one dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, but I, uh, I don't know. I mean, well, it, it, I know it has uses. I mean, I know they use it, you know, I mean, obviously we know a guy that just, friends with one that was driver in charge of one. Right. You know, this is it just seems that's that's like the American way. They're like, okay, we'll put a gun on it. And then, the, like you said, it's like, all right, now put some missiles on it. Okay, <laughs> right. now put some rockets on it. They're like, okay, we can put five people in there. They're like, we want some lasers. It's like, okay, we're down to three. Right, right. That's yeah. exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. It, and and it's, it's so ridiculous. And, you know, and in some cases they get maybe things right. I, you know, maybe the F-22 turned out to be a good overall purchase so far. That seems like a very capable aircraft. It's just that, you know, that's another thing where like we have like a, like a very capable new high tech dog fighting aircraft, which we don't really need for anything, but of course, Hey, what about the future, Kevin? Okay, wow. sure. These things, they, they fly them around for 10 years. They improve them all the time. I get it. But then we also have the joint strike fighter, 
which is like another fighter that they they that they put together. Uh, so we have two. We have two weapons platforms, and I know there's more than that. And it's just like I uh, I think that we. <laughs> We have so much that we're just we'll just never use because we don't have an enemy that we are told might exist someday in order to to fight them. Like our military is so good, just with the training, just with the training, the and the and the reason why our military fights the way it fights because the people that are in the military want to be in the military. They're not conscripted to be in. They're not forced to be in. These people right. want to be in the service or they've joined the service because they want the money. But either way, they elected to go in and they do their jobs and, and they're trained really well. We spend a lot of money on training and equipment and things like that. And that's not the same around the rest of the world. You know, most of the other world's militaries are, I don't know about our allies. Like, you know, I'm sure the military in Great Britain or France or something is decent, but most of the rest of the world that would tend to be our enemy, like the Russians, like the Chinese, et cetera, are not disciplined, are not um, capable, you know. And uh, the days of, like, the, the German soldier that we would fight in World War II are over. And, and, and uh, the, the Japanese, you know, they didn't have good tactics in World War II, and we ended up, you know, um, not losing as many men as you would think we would have lost against how many we killed of theirs. And uh, the uh, this would hold true today, but we're so far ahead of everybody. We're so far ahead of everybody else that um, it's uh, it's probably a little bit scary if you're in another country because we could mop up um, another country's military pretty easily. Now, could we control the country? I think we've proven in Afghanistan and we've proven in, when we were in Iraq and stuff and, and, and that we're not good at that, right? We're just good at destroying shit. Killing yeah. people. We're not good, We're good at, at coming and destroying your stuff and rebuilding it. it. Yeah, and, and giving it to you for free. Um, exactly. we're, we're, not, we're not good at, at holding on to anything. Um, you know, we can liberate a place if, if they want to be liberated, I think. We've shown that we can do that, but most places that we liberate, we better be sure they want to be liberated because if they don't, right. we're wasting our freaking time. Uh, and, and But I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think... Uh, the world's a dangerous place and everything, but you know, people always talk about, I'll end on this. People always talk about Taiwan. China's going to invade Taiwan. We're going to go to the war with Taiwan, etc. And I've mentioned this before. China doesn't have landing craft to get their people onto the beaches of Taiwan. I mean, you can look this up. They don't have a way to get troops onto the shores of Taiwan. So, they're not going to fight that war. Now they could fight a war of destruction. They could destroy everybody on the island. Um, maybe, you know, but they would reap a lot of blowback from that. Not to mention a lot of missiles would come flying their way too. But the people, you know, like in terms of like invading and taking over, they just don't have, they don't have, and they don't have it. They don't, they're not even building them. They don't have a plan to go in and do that. So when people talk about this, they're uneducated. They don't understand that, uh, that it's mostly just a, a paper dragon in the, in the sense of the, the Chinese, they don't really want to do that fight. They don't want to have that war. And listen, there's like a billion people in China. There's only like 20 million people in, in Taiwan. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's probably too many. And, and, um, economically China will dominate, uh, that area and it will force Taiwan in time to, uh, negotiate with China. Now the question is by that time, will China be still a communist government or will they like, I'm thinking have some sort of, um, revolution of some sort in order to um, change their government to something else. And then maybe they become a democracy at some point. Who knows? I might be dead before that happens, but it may be a, a thing where, you know, they become one country again um, because the mainland government changes. But 
ultimately that war between China and the United States over Taiwan isn't really going to develop, uh, at least not anytime soon, because China's actually not really that interested in, in it. They just want us to stay out of it. Because if they were really looking to invade that island, they would need a way to actually deliver troops to that island, and they don't have that. That's it for the show. So, uh, yeah, next week we'll talk about something less serious. I think it bums Donnie and I out. But I'll tell you what, everybody, uh, just really quick, uh, if you got this far in the show and you didn't shut it off, um, Donnie and I are talking about uh, recording this show on the weekend, uh, probably on Sundays for us. Uh, We're going to experiment with that on the next show. Um, because both Don and I work on Mondays. This is when we normally record shows. And we're both yeah. kind of tired when we do this show. Can you tell? I'm, I'm literally laying down at my bed. <laughs> right. And we're, we're both, uh, both kind of uh, we're done. And I think the show will be a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more fun, if we can get back to recording on Sundays like we did with VGN, etc. So we're going to give it a shot this Sunday. But it's not always necessarily going to be on Sunday. We're going to keep Monday as a backup. Uh, because we both have obligations and lives. Um, but um, we're going to give it a shot on this next Sunday, and we're going to see how it goes. So uh, be listening for the future shows, and uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll liven things up a little bit. Woo-hoo. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Peace. You've been listening to Oblast with Don and Kevin. If you'd like to write into the show, send an email to oblast at vgn.us. That is VGN as in video game news. And be sure to check out our Patreon page, which is at patreon.com forward slash VGN, where you can get all of our shows, our videos, and some musings. Uh, Be sure to tune in each week for new episodes on our Patreon page or every other week on the public RSS feed that you're subscribed to now. Thanks for listening, and good night. Peace.